Welcome to Jepper Bites, a podcast that delivers thought-provoking ideas and meaningful debates from the iconic Z Jepper Literature Festival. I'm your host, Lakshdatta. This episode is actually a double feature. First, you'll be hearing my conversation with Punita Roy, who is the founder of the Yuvaikta Foundation, a nonprofit that has been involved with the Z Jepper Literature Festival since the beginning as a youth outreach partner. Punita and her team are already in Jaipur right now with their program underway, so I sat down with her before she left to talk about what work they're doing with the students during this year's festival. In the second half of this episode, you will be hearing my conversation with Himanshu Giri, CEO of Pratham Books, a not-for-profit publisher who have been partnering with ZJLF since 2013 for youth outreach. Himanshu took me through Pratham's journey so far, how they got involved with ZJLF and how they are encouraging students to read more by organizing over 100 sessions at schools in Jaipur during this year's festival two conversations two amazing initiatives here is my conversation with punita roy I have always been very interested in theater. Um that was something that I think many of us have been involved from school and college. But uh that was something that I took forward when I came to Delhi. I came to Delhi. I had finished my mascom. I was working with uh in film and um I kind of came here and I got introduced to Barry John's group mm-hmm. and uh I mean there was no looking back then. It was just, you know, was wonderful but i'm talking about the 1980s where theater mm-hmm. was it was a lot of english plays that came from you know scripts came from london and right. you know so there was noises of there was all kinds of there was bits of shakespeare and all that but um and i was very busy with my my uh, i mean i had a company called perspective films i was doing corporate videos i got into television i was doing uh, a social program called shakti on ztv yes yes yeah So uh there was a lot of that but um I think 2000 was when there was a shift in my thinking you know it got me to just step back and reflect on what I had been doing till then and it was like you know when you're doing corporate work etc you're you're putting out an image mm-hmm. which when you get to know the people um it's a bit of gloss right it's a bit superficial mm-hmm. and i kind of questioned myself that you know When I'm 16 I look back in life what have I done I've been selling lies throughout you know and so I actually combined my love for theater with life skills and we uh, a friend of mine uh, Dilip Shankar who is a big casting director today we started doing these life skill workshops in different schools and uh, realized that you know theater brings in that element of play the element mm-hmm. of fun and it's experiential so you rather than a a classroom situation right you know where you know your it's that top down approach you're telling them this is what i think you should do it's like a co-learning and oh my god the amount i learned you mm-hmm. know from young people and that that's actually my favorite segment i like to work with teenagers right you know, right because they challenge you you challenge them and it's very stimulating so um 
somewhere, I mean, I'm like really happy today, you know, looking back that it's been almost 20 years now and I've been, uh, I've managed to marry my passion and interest, mm -hmm. you know, in my work. And uh, 2000, I um, set up the Tehelka Foundation. It was part of Tehelka. Mm -hmm. um, but the foundation was really based on, uh, it was working at the intersection of youth and governance. Right. So it was about social justice and equity. And uh, I was very clear that I didn't want people to ask me, where is the money going to go? You know, uh, it could go to the paper or the magazine or the website. Right. So therefore, it was a not-for-profit trust that we set up. And we got into connecting with a lot of schools. Uh, they were, we went to a lot of elite schools. We went to a lot of Kendra Vidyales and uh, a lot of NGO institutions also. Mm -hmm. You know, so I used to work a lot with Salam Balak Trust, which works with street children. So the idea for me was, when I talk about equity and social justice, was to integrate young people from different backgrounds, right. you know. So... Um, we started these summer programs, you know, every summer, a one-month workshop. We would get one of the schools to give us space and ensure that at least 50% of our children were from marginalized backgrounds, mm -hmm. you know. So privileged and marginalized kids. And, um, yeah, initially there was like, oh, okay, now this is English speaking and, you know, those are right. aspirations, etc. So we just started straight off with making the NGO kids literally like the heroes of our workshop, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I don't know whether you're aware of Salam Malik. There are a lot of runaway kids who come from yeah. across the country. So we'd get them to start sharing their stories, etc. Uh, the baseline for the workshops would be Hindi, mm -hmm. you know. So rather than these kids struggling with English, we had the English speaking struggling with Hindi. You right, know? right. So and it was very humbling yeah. for them, uh, and also to hear about. It was like uh, for them watching a film, you know, a kid who's run away because. Because of a variety of factors, it could be poverty, it could be abuse, it could just be a sense of adventure, mm -hmm. you know. But to realize, oh my God, that kid has the guts that I can just right. think I have, you know. And uh, he's been through so much more. And so, um, yes, the evangelized kids loved interacting mm -hmm. with these children because they would have never had a chance otherwise. But I found that it's your privileged kids who we call the brats. Yeah. We keep saying they only think about mobiles and brands and malls. But I'm of the firm opinion, Laksha, that that's because that's what they're exposed to. Right. Give them opportunity, you know, because youth is a time of idealism. Yeah. You know, so you you tell them about the possibilities. You fire their imagination. You give them kind of small steps to get there. And they're with you, you know. So I really feel, I mean, our biggest issue today is parenting, I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, nobody trains you to be a parent. It's like we're limiting them with our own yeah, expectations. Yes. Because we're and saying that, oh, that's, you love, you have a, six, a second attention span and all that. So we're not going to expect too much out of you if, as long as you, you know, fit the basic, fill the basic bar. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it's the anxiety of the parents keep saying that it's such a competitive world. What are you going to go and do out there? Right, and right. the baseline for success is money. You know, yeah. and that's what we try and shift in the children. Is it? I don't say it's not. I get them to question. Because for me, I try and get them to open themselves up to the concept of well-being. Yeah. yeah. Right? And uh, we talk about, you know, okay, so your dad may be the embryo of this company or your uncle or whatever. 
how healthy is he and now i'm talking about 10 years ago when mm-hmm. today there's a greater consciousness yeah you know but uh, is he diabetic has he had a heart attack has he had a stroke so what is the point of all that money mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. if you're going to be if you can't enjoy it and you're cranky and crabbity and so literally it was right time to shift the paradigm of success right right you know to finally being able to say um what kind of a life have you lived how many people have you connected with how relevant have you been mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know and um i mean the privileged kids also uh one of the first things was that they stopped taking you know everything they're taking for granted i mean they started valuing it uh understanding that not every child comes home to a hot meal mm-hmm. yeah. you know has parents waiting for them etc so it's it you know that little bit of gratitude mm-hmm. um being able to acknowledge that yeah wow okay you know i do have a wonderful life actually what right. am i grumbling about and then moving going that extra mile saying so how can i help another child so you know initially there would be this thing oh ma'am you know when i've made enough money i have a bank balance then i'll help people yeah, you know said yeah. you would like now you don't need money to help people give them your energy give them your time you know so different ways how right. we do that you may not be good in studies you know do you have a skill set can you dance and just spend time just right, give them respect right. you know we rely we forgotten just these small things so um i mean that was carrying on that was carrying on for i mean this 3 4 5 years we had three youth festivals called the young visionary see so laksha i have a very strong belief in the power of young people you know i really believe that youth right. is powerful mm-hmm. for me i want them to use the power to bring about social change you know so we talk about agents of social change that's what i want to be doing with yeah. young people yeah. so in 2008 i think it was 8 yeah uh i had been involved in a police uh, police program called yuva mm-hmm. i don't know whether it's still there i don't know okay. what's happened uh, there was a very dynamic uh, police officer called sundari nanda who wrote me into it so at one of the uh, meetings i uh, she introduced me to justice lokur at that point he was a high court judge and he was very deeply connected with juvenile justice and he spoke to me and he said punita will you be interested in working with a group of kids who are completely stigmatized mm-hmm. were totally invisible and so i said so who are these kids because i work with street kids and uh they well people are empathetic towards them you know so you're saying they're stigmatized so he said no juvenile offenders because mm-hmm. it's almost like um societies shun yeah. them and shut them out so i said look i don't have a particular skill set to work with juveniles but i'm happy to go and see what i could do and so uh there are these government remand homes in delhi they call observation homes uh and they are in old delhi so there's something called seva kutir near the university okay. there's another one called majnu kartila which is again right. where the tibetan colony is right so i went there and um i just realized that these are like any other young people you know just uh sort of got into wrong company perhaps yeah. you know uh no role models at home whatever but one connected with them immediately and we started doing um a series of art interventions theater we took music we took dance etc etc and so this has been carrying on for the last 10 years right. there and um 
Justice Lakur about a year ago told me, he said, look, uh, and I would keep meeting him at different places, you know, uh, in juvenile justice yes, sort of meetings. Yes. And he said, look, I understand the value of what you're doing, but we have no empirical evidence in the Indian context about the efficacy of our therapy. Right, you know, right. Which they, so these are called children in conflict with law. Got it. So I said, okay. I, and that kind of gave me direction as to, uh, I think I've done 10 years of work there. I need to consolidate and somehow give evidence to the Ministry of Women and Child Development and say, look, you need to ensure that this is implemented in every home. Now, right, right, right. So as of uh, May, we've started a research pro program in this place called Madhukatila, where uh, a lot of the convicted juveniles are kept. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's really to uh, study the impact of expressive art therapy in building emotional intelligence right, right. amongst children in conflict with law. Mm -hmm. So it's been, um, it's been quite an amazing kind of you know, uh, journey with these boys because they are not that young. They are about 17 to 23, 24. Uh, they're there for murder, rape, or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, of course, initially you need to break through because, I mean, look, they have taken on the law. So there's that rebellious kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So the first thing is like, they're looking at you like this, like, what are you going to tell me? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. But uh, in these six months, we've sort of, um, they've really opened up. You know, we've, we're doing something called psychodrama with them. We've got a psychodramatist comes from Chennai. I mean, it's a very robust research program that we're right, doing. Right. So that's where my my heart, my energy, everything is there because um, we're seeing the changes, you know, these young people. I mean, I've got a short film also, which where they actually tell us that, you know, when I go out, I now want to do something that will earn me respect because the way you all have been speaking to us, mm -hmm. you know, we're understanding the difference. You treat us with a lot of love, with a lot right. of respect. And I like that. Mm, I want more of that. I though. want more of yeah. that. So I'm going to now figure out when I go out, what am I going to do so that I continue to get that respect from society. I've realized what I've lost out on. And, and honestly, Lakshay realized that they've never got any of that. Never a word of kindness. Yeah. You know, never a positive stroke that, you know what, you can become something in your life. So, um, in fact, we just had a meeting with Justice Lukur two days back. We've come out with a newsletter because my biggest issue is funding. Right. I've realized that it's better to take no money from the government. Not that we've tried. I mean, yeah. not tried. I have tried. But it then says, oh, let's get into a tender and say, look, this doesn't work on tender. It works yeah. on passion. It works on commitment. So it's not like the lowest of the thing will give you what you want, you know. Mm -hmm. So we've actually, for this project, I mean, because I've taken on people from outside, I have a team, we have a very small team of three people at Uvaita. So I have their salaries to pay. Um, so I've actually written out to friends, you know, and uh, money has been coming in as donations. Mm -hmm. you know? And in a way, you know, I, I like that better because... It's really the common person who's connecting with the issue. Mm -hmm. Who I'm going to send, I'm sending the newsletter to saying, yeah, okay, so my money is being used in a, you know, a very productive way. Right, right. Because we're looking at some way impacting the fabric of society, you know. Getting people to say that, okay, um, so I've done well in life, but have I been able to help someone else? Right, right. You know? In a way, it's, 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 
it's almost like these these kids and I mean young adults they're being taught moral science because they've never had any experience with 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 that yeah decision of good or bad because no one's told them and what the is good or bad and the consequences of yeah it. yeah but moral science takes you back to a very catholic kind of yeah, you know yeah, strict yeah. thing this is with a lot of fun with a lot of i mean um so a lot of role playing um, and there are they so in let's say there's a there's a psychodrama class happening yeah they are the ones who are creating uh yes. the dialogue that is being communicated uh, Absolutely. in in the, in the system. so the psychodrama actually picks up a real life situation yeah yeah so for example if you an issue you have an issue with your mom and it's continuing right yeah yeah um so you would actually um you would pick somebody from the group to play your mom right mm-hmm. so for example if yeah. you pick me uh you remember a particular situation that was particularly hurtful right, right right so you speak to me and you say you know mom that day when i came home i really want i was so exhausted but it was so nasty what you said to me right mm-hmm. so you say that to me yeah. i'm saying as your mom then we will switch places mm-hmm. i will become lakshmi you become your mom right and i will say to you the lines that you have said mm-hmm. and as your mother you will respond with what you wish you would have You, you, no you uh, no you right. will actually at that point step into the shoes of your mother right and you will suddenly oh, okay. there's a switch in your it's amazing how it happens it's, it's magical empathy. they're they're, it's they're empathy. understanding where yeah. the other person comes yes, from when yes, they when yeah. they react that way what kind of yeah. she must have had yeah so you right, suddenly say right. you know what laksha i had a terrible headache that day and whatever mm-hmm. like okay but as laksha you're saying it as your mom right yeah. then we switch and then i'm your mother and i say that back to you So there's till you come to an understanding and a resolution everything is being said by you yeah. there's nothing coming from outside you right, know right 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 it is so powerful you know i mean i've had a uh, psycho psychodramatist used to earlier do what they call conventional therapy and she said six sessions of that is equal to one session of psychodrama wow because you go straight to the core of it mm, mm. you know you're not beating around etc within with these boys there's a there's an issue of trust Right. and confidentiality because they hesitate to reveal um things about themselves which they feel because you've got kids there from the yeah, yeah they're going to could be used they're going to be yeah they're yeah, going yeah like one to my situation and then i'm going to be ashamed because now ashamed? someone has mentioned something about my family situation that i don't yeah. particularly like or to, maybe yeah. maybe it could be used for example one of the kids told us that he loved um I mean, we create different scenarios, etc. So he said one of his most favorite spaces has been Bandra in yeah. Mumbai, yeah. and uh, you know he loves to go walking through the market, whatever. And as he was talking, he suddenly stopped and he said, "I've said too much." Mm-hmm. And we were listening happily, and we said, "No, why?" He just did that, and so later on, when the class was over, I asked him what happened. He said, "No, if at any point I'm running away from someone." could be a gang or the cops and someone has picked it up they know where to mm, find me wow absolutely wow we said oh my god this is not part of our universe you know yeah yeah we would never think we are so open with our information because there's nothing to fear yeah 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 you know so yeah and in all of this jlf is also been yeah. part of our journey um when did that um uh, partnership 
yeah. So this is our twelfth year. So I think uh, we've been involved with the outreach program yeah. of the Z Jaipur Literature Festival right from the time teamwork took it over, mm-hmm. uh, and that's I think either two thousand seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, it was a space within the festival grounds. I remember we started with our first program was Hands on Habitat uh, because I was doing that program here with the schools mm-hmm. uh, and it was an environmental based program, sensitization, conservation. Um, we reached out to, so again, the model here of privileged and underprivileged, we took that to the Deaporator Festival uh, and there we converted it into urban and rural. Okay. Yeah. So we had children from elite schools of Jaipur, five or six. It was, mm-hmm. um, it was at that point called Step by Step High School. Now it's mm-hmm. the Jayashree Periwal School, uh, High School, International School. Um, there was uh, Maharani Gayatri Devi and a right, couple right. of those. And some very, very progressive NGOs like Dusra Dashak, um, something called the Gantar, which worked with uh, first-generation Muslim girls. I mean, first-generation Muslim learners. They were mm-hmm. girls, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, from uh, places around Jaipur, Kumbhalgar, Mount Abu, um, very interesting, you know. So these kids would come for the um, duration of the festival. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd come one day earlier, in about five, six days. Together, we would workshop with them within the space. And... Um, so the whole day they would spend with us. And uh, it was also a space where visitors, you know, to the festival would just drop in and see what they were doing, right, right. you know, and enjoy the fact that even where you have, uh, you know, all these authors and international sort of stars roaming around, there is a space within the festival where yeah. you have, you know, um, well, it's actually the, the sense of thought for the local yeah. young kid, you know. So you we also had... Uh, young people dropping in for the day, just passing by. Though uh, for us, our core group was the group that was going to be with us for five days. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the festival grew and it became bigger and bigger. And uh, and then one, I think, which year was this? This was 2013 or 14. Um, we were told that Sambad, Sambad is yeah. the youth's venue. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Oh, we've got so many authors now, and we cannot give you some words for the workshops anymore. Mm-hmm. We said, so then what? Yeah. Because they want the youth outreach. So they said, no. So uh, let's just do it in uh, one of the schools if they're willing to host us. So it really started with a two-day intervention at uh, the Jeshri Periwal High School, mm-hmm. and uh, then some of the kids would come. You know, the, that first year of transition was a bit messy. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of days in the school, then the rest of them in the festival. The kids were a bit dis- disoriented. So the next year on was we started what was like really ambitious. We said, look, we're going to start one week before the festival. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a one-week intensive program at the school. We will do our workshop mm-hmm. and um, there will be no distraction because that's what was what happening at the festival. Right, right. You know? Um, especially with the urban kids. Because you know, it, is you, a, it is a festival, it can be... You have an Oprah yeah. Winfrey, yeah, one of yeah, the Dalai yeah. Lama, right. you know, the stars, like yeah. 
oh my god ma'am can i go can i go and you know and we have some work to do there because right. at the end of all of this we would actually end up with a short play you know yeah, a street play yeah, yeah. and uh, that would be performed um, maybe towards the last day in the festival grounds mm. you know in front of the bar hall yeah so now as of the last 3 years we have the our model is that we work intensely for a week mm-hmm. right uh, at the end of the week the play is ready it's on a particular social issue mm-hmm. um as of the last uh, i think 3 years and this is the fourth year we've been moving more and more into issues that are connected with the self mm-hmm. you know uh and your circles of influences yourself your family and friends society around mm-hmm. so uh it started with uh something called finding me right the next year was freedom to dream mm-hmm. right um last year was uh harnessing emotional intelligence to lead change mm-hmm. right okay and this year our topic is boundaries um understanding and redefining safe spaces got it you know which is going to be very different from the yeah, urban and rural yeah. context what is a safe space and yeah so um by the end of the week our play is ready and then during the festival the play is taken out to two sk- schools per day and is performed okay you know yeah, and then yeah. on a sunday because schools are closed on a sunday mm-hmm. we perform at the samvad stage got it so last yeah. year was the first year yeah. uh it was a sunday afternoon 12:30 to 1:30 it was a great slot Mm-hmm. and uh the kids rocked on that samvad stage you know um it was packed uh we so it's a one hour slot the plays about a half an hour mm-hmm. the rest of the half an hour is interacting interaction with the audience right so um a lot of our um the way we work actually is that um we don't have a script that we go with mm-hmm. we have a theme you know and it's through a lot of the workshopping that we uh play with the theme with the kids get them to reflect on it individually then as groups they start creating scenes mm-hmm. you know okay. and at the end of the week the scenes are actually then put together right. we drop right. the ones and you know you know there's a selection process mm-hmm. and uh it's threaded by monologues by different Got different it. children it. Yeah. so it could be a rural child who you know talks about his own personal thing with that you know mm-hmm. so um when you see it actually are you going to be at the festival yeah 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 so do try doing, and come and see it we're doing podcasts we'll oh, wonderful. hopefully can maybe make that uh, yeah. available as an audio absolutely. podcast absolutely well. absolutely yeah. because i'm it's it's on sunday the 27th yeah, at 12:30 yeah. at samvar yes. so when you see um, a young person who actually may, who may have come from the village completely with a ghungaton and you know mm-hmm. today she's able to look at you and make eye contact and speak confidently on a stage mm-hmm. it actually inspired a lot of people in the audience to come and start sharing you know mm-hmm. sharing about um, issues of emotional intelligence where um, you know this young girl spoke about how um, she had felt betrayed by a friend and couldn't speak about it and you had people when they were sharing breaking down in front of you know mm-hmm. because they were so moved but it it's quite electrifying lecture to see how when you see a young person sharing and just bearing all mm-hmm. you know all your walls are down right and right. you're connecting at a different level you know it's not uh, you don't have your masks on you're not mm-hmm. trying to project an image this is who i am take me or leave me it's that kind yeah. of thing you know it's an like 
it becomes a two-way emotional interaction. Absolutely. Yeah, and the yeah. whole space bonds. Right, right. You know, and we had some parents getting up and sharing with us how happy they were that their kids came and and these were the Jaipur parents mm-hmm. saying that, you know, connecting with the kids from rural backgrounds, what an invaluable experience right. it had been right. and how their kid went back and, you know, what he wants to now do and, you know. So, I mean, people come and keep congratulating us. I said, it's not us. We're just the stimuli there. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just there to ignite that spark right. and make the connections. And oh my God, you know, it's really amazing what happens. So, um, so there are two days where they don't go to schools. One, because the festival, you know, happens around Republic Day also. Yeah. So 26th. I think, I believe this year it's the Saturday. It's a Saturday. And then Sunday Sunday is when the the play would happen. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. Saturday is when we then take them to a community. Mm -hmm. We go to something called Basigaon. It's a village on the outskirts. And there, so till now they've been performing with young, in front of young people, you know, Mm -hmm. class 9, 10, 11 students. This is with adults. Sometimes at the Sarpanch of the village, you know. And uh, it's really, it's really about taking new thought to them to be able to, because they can identify with the village kids there, mm-hmm. you know. The urban kids may say, oh, this is, you know, Amir Karki, Ladki, whatever. Yeah. But with the village kids, they can see and they see the confidence, you know. And they realize that any barriers you might have that should I allow my girl to study beyond class 8. Mm-hmm. They do send their kids, but yeah. this thing well, after class 8, it's time she gets married. But when they see the confidence with which these young girls speak, there are shifts happening, you mm-hmm. know. So, I mean, and for me, that's like the most uh, I mean, that sense of empowerment that these kids exude yeah, then. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of them go back, they've joined the panchayat, some of the boys, you know, uh, they've become leaders in their community. Wow. Yeah, yeah. At, yeah. at, at this young age? Well, they're 17, 18. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. in fact, I mean, Rajasthan is quite progressive. They do have where the NGOs work. I mean, you've got different kinds of NGOs, but mm-hmm. they do have a, um, a youth panchayat, you know, and they do have these young people mm-hmm. who are now demanding that, you know, replenish the soil. We want water. We want better roads. Mm-hmm. You know, so how can we be part of it? One year we had uh, an NGO that works with bonded labor. And that was a big shock for our uh, urban kids mm-hmm. who said that, oh, we thought that, you know, independence all of these issues had been sorted out mm-hmm. and we still so spoke to those kids and it's not like their families have been in bodily labor from 47 it's very recent it's five six years ago it's like you know the farmer's taken a loan mm-hmm. from the money lender and he's had a bad crop or whatever not been able to repay so okay now you and your children for the next till you repay my loan with interest, mm-hmm. you will work free for me. Right. So right. it does become bonded labor. Yeah. But it's completely illegal. Mm. You know. So then their children, yeah. you know. So for for these urban kids from Jaipur, it's like, my God, this is like our social sciences textbooks coming alive. Right. Right. You know. Um, a simple question like there could be a girl called Sapna. Sapna, um, school jaati ho ha. School jaane se pehle kya karti ho subah? Main subah utkar. Uh, you know, I have to go to the well to fill water. I come back, uh, I clean the house, I cook the food, uh, I make sure my, you know, siblings are okay, and then I go to school. And, mm. and then these kids were stunned hearing that. Yeah. They said, my God, 
we can barely respond to our alarm clock yeah, yeah. roll out of bed and just show up in school forget having a yeah, bath yeah. and all that i just look at what yeah, these kids are doing she's doing a full days of work right yes. before school yeah. yeah and so happy about it she's yeah. not so what am i whining about you know so yeah. it's really what am i complaining about so i mean when you mentioned the even these students who have been a part of the um the programs that you've done there now becoming a part of their community as well yes. so that so that mission you were talking about of youth and governance <coughs> is 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 in play every year at uh during, in during the rural uh, right. uh, yes absolutely so let's now talk a little bit more about you mentioned that this year's topic is boundaries boundaries yes so today is uh Sunday Jan 13 so we're about 2 weeks away from the performance of yes. the play itself so over the next week yes what is what is going to be happening over the next week uh, specifically how are you executing this play so uh there are a lot of icebreakers and games that we play to get them comfortable and how many students will be uh there would be about 50 55 okay and half half and a mix of a okay, mix yeah. yeah 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 so apart from the elite schools we also have uh couple of government schools from jaipur mm-hmm. and then the ngo kids because yeah. we felt that we need to get that mid section also so um and then on the first day we're going with a research questionnaire where there are some questions that are around mm-hmm. uh, their responses to situations because we want to also be able to track mm-hmm. you know uh and then um we would actually start with asking them what they felt boundaries are mm-hmm. you know and through the group discussion you know through things coming up um because for us boundaries you know um it w- it would cover would cover caste class religion gender mm-hmm. gender is a huge right. thing yeah and uh, then of course i mean the obvious things about sexuality um uh, there is uh, on the 18th morning the population foundation of india is coming to do a a, a short to three hour session with them on adolescent sexual health mm-hmm. you know so one needs to kind of be able to prepare them for that in right, a sense right. not as a short what they're talking yeah, about you know yeah. because uh, yes the the uh, urban kids will be more explicit you know they will be more exposed to that they are dating you know uh, it's not as if to say the rural kids don't have the issues sure you know yeah. they do so i mean and I mean, they're, they're all teenagers so they're all ex- they're all sharing one experience which is a, which is puberty absolutely and they, absolutely so these sessions would be then instead of talking to them you're you're communicating communicating with them, with them. so so a very rough thing is that our mornings are spent in uh getting them to relax play with them and the discussion mm-hmm. you know and food for thought and in the afternoon they're broken up into groups uh they will pick one of the issues that they want to dramatize mm-hmm. you know they work on it for an hour they present it right at the end of the day you know and as they present it everyone else will respond to that group okay and say so there's a quick peer review right away absolutely absolutely <laughs> right. you know right. so the idea is to to remove inhibition mm-hmm. remove a sense of you know you're being criticized it's like you know so we also tell them it's a thing of positive feedback yeah, you know yeah so this was an okay can you do it like this yeah maybe fine you know so from the very first day you're into that mode of you right. know but um because it's it's like you know if i tell you lakshana with your friend just do something there's a sense of ownership mm-hmm. you've thought about it yeah, you've yeah, infe- yeah. invested in it you know 
So at the end of the day, you go back like really charged, mm-hmm. you know, waiting for the next day. I made something today. Yeah. You know, that no one, no one told me how to make it. I, I made it myself. Myself. Yeah. 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 And I've been appreciated for it. And mm-hmm. people have, you know, taken the time out to invest in it also. Right? Yeah. And so then through the next, I mean, so by the, it's five days that we kind of play with them. And the last two mm-hmm. days it starts coming. To, so in that, you know, at times we sort of, we would give them maybe uh, some art to do. You know, um, I would, for example, after the PFI session, which would be heavy. And we would just take some time out and say, okay, whatever you're thinking right now, just express it. Mm-hmm. You know, just as a release, we give them journals to take back for them every day, encourage them, to mm-hmm. put down your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Because when you go back, that's your two-week experience, mm-hmm. you know, which you will really enjoy. Um, we take them through meditation, yeah. you know, um, which is not heavy, but again, it's about visualization. And I mean, I really want to leave them with tools that they can use mm-hmm. on their own. You know, without thinking, oh my God, I'm meditating. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's so that when, when you step out of this, they're not like lost again. Exactly, right, right, exactly, right. exactly. You have to feel empowered. Yeah. And uh, for us, the really, you know, interesting part is that we realize once the performance has started, because mm-hmm. it's like, so half of it is the workshop, half is the performance. That really completes the circle, mm-hmm. you know, because one is that, you know, like I'm working on this, etc., etc. Then now when I go in front of my peers and I'm presenting, but I'm a whole group, right? And I get their feedback. I mean, Mm -hmm. in schools, like, you know, we have kids just getting up and... In fact, the emotional intelligence one was so powerful that we had kids getting up and apologizing for bullying another child who was part of the audience. I didn't realize because, I mean... In the role play, there are kids who speak about how they how humiliated they felt. Mm-hmm. Maybe because of their weight or because uh, someone felt they were a bit effeminate. You mm-hmm. know? Um, so to understand the power of what your words have done, how they've hurt right. someone right. else. You know? So it's really about empathy and compassion, mm-hmm. you know, which is really the baseline of what we want to do with yeah. young people. You mentioned that during the festival on Sunday, there's a performance... And for people who are not even able to attend, how can they learn more about the Yovaikta Foundation and the programs that they're they're doing? Right. So uh, we have a website, Laksha, called, uh, well, it's yuvaiktafoundation.org. Mm-hmm. And uh, the website uh, explains all our programs. And um, we also have a donation page. Uh, you know, we I, I look at all our projects as pilots right you know we've you know because of lack of resources we are a really small tiny group and Mm -hmm. there's only that much your bandwidth is restricted um people are interested we're very happy to take them on board and get them involved in Mm -hmm. you know a whole range of projects if they're interested so um i'll be happy if they contact me at punita it's p-u-n-w-e-t-a at yuvaiktafoundation.org welcome any suggestions comments and inputs from people out there great that was my conversation with Punita Roy now here is part 2 of this episode my conversation with Himanshu Giri kind of dived into uh, the Pratham Books journey about almost a decade. I'm going to be completing over 10 years here. Okay, okay. That's how uh, 
you know, I think my journey has yeah. begun in yeah. 2009 with Pratham Books and the kind of amazing work uh, they had done since inception from 2004. And um, I think the 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 mandate of the organization had been to uh, you you would have seen it uh, everywhere. It's like you know to put a book in every child's hand. Right. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, fortunately, we have so many million children to cater yes. and the kind of diverse uh, conditions in our country and especially in the Asia Pacific region. I think we have a lot to do and we don't. We want actually the community to be with us. And I think yes. they've been our key yeah. drivers for uh, making us who we are today. Yeah. So when you uh, came on board, what were those key issues in in children's education that, that you were hoping to tackle when you came on board? I think access is one of the very big problems. Uh, quality children's content is again a, a big issue. I think there are not too many quality uh, children's publisher and um, so I think the publishing fraternity really lacks uh, especially in the vernacular languages so if you look at the the English and the Hindi markets are dominated with right. about 70 percent of the content being generated right. and are you know uh, the remaining 30 percent is the rest of the languages and you have to see that India is a country where uh, when we got independence in 1947, we had about, almost about 2,000 languages hmm. in our country with having to have 22 official languages today. Yeah. Uh, and now we're left with about 760 plus languages, um, you know, and it, this includes local dialects and all that. Right. But imagine the kind of diversity we had and, you know, so I think... Um, the the prima facie or the whole inception idea was to see can I produce a good quality uh, children's literature can I be multilingual mm. so that I you know mother tongue literacy does wonders if you yeah. look at the researches if children are taught in their mother tongue until the age is eight they become better performers in their life in whatever they do. Mm. And the aspirational need to learn English uh, is somewhere pushing. I mean, we, right, right. we really see, I mean, we don't take the pride in speaking our mother tongue. Yeah. Uh, you know, vis-a-vis, -vis, if you really look, meet a Frenchman or a Spanish person or an Italian or a Japanese, yeah. I think their English is not that great, but they had that... But they're, know, proud they're, 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 language, they're proud of their own language. They're proud of their own language. Somewhere, I think we need to... be a backward thing almost. Yeah, that, no. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. You, yeah. you need to own it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if, when you own it, you will drive it. So mm. our, our our ambition was to really see that we get that ownership of language, mm. and uh, that's what kind of uh, you know uh, settled us. Because also, if you look at it from a non-profits point of view in uh, in our country, um, you know what happens is that non-profits are supposed to. Uh, they don't really have a very great reputation, right? right. Per se, they're sure. they're you know money fleecing or you know uh, agencies and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And you've seen the whole FCRA business and the news in the last one or two years mm. of how the money is get siphoned off. Right, but right. you know, to the they ones who are creating exactly, yeah. so people who are doing good quality work, and it's not that you want to. So I wanted to, we wanted to produce good quality books for poor children who don't right. have access, not really poor quality books 
because it is going to right, poor children right 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 so i think we've been able to kind of um, you know fix those pieces and today we are india's uh, top uh, children publisher we happen to work with india's best authors illustrators translators mm-hmm. we happen to work in about 21 print languages uh, which includes local dialects so right. while i am producing english hindi and punjabi and yeah. in kannada and tamil but i'm also doing kora santhali yeah. gondi yeah. these are tribal languages and uh, it's it's fun to be reaching out uh, some of the titles we have published in odia tribal languages which were the very first books yeah in yeah. the hands of kids imagine the kind of happiness i mean uh, you know those Seeing kids were language uh, getting in, published yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's been it's been fantastic and i think that is where we are trying to tackle because given the diverse and the demographic stats of our country i think we need many more pratham books actually yeah, to be catering yeah. to 250 million children though i think our um, you know if you look at our journey of last 15 years uh, we've completed 2019 we've completed 15 years of pratham books journey and our readership is close to about 70 80 million in 15 um, years we've yeah. reached to an 80 million readership right um, one third uh through the journey so far yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, you know it it takes a toll but i think uh, technology has played a great role so what is the current state of let's say the the if we could talk about the success so far um uh, in terms of how pratham books has been able to uh reach these kids can you share some details of of how in the last decade at least uh, in the last decade that you've been there what are the what is the current journey uh so far so i think if you really look at the 2004 um uh, you know from the inception of pratham books i think 2009 5 years later uh, you know something really magical happened uh, to pratham books and um, this came through technology because those were the days when things were really getting uh, you know noticed and technology was at its best and peak uh, 2009 was a time when pratham books chose to start uh, open licensing of whatever they have produced right. and okay. um, i think uh, this was um, this was a joint call we took as a team that uh, given the kind of numbers we want to reach uh, it's only technology which can help you scale right right and uh, let's go out of the copyright mode and get into the i call it a copy left i mean that's a term <laughs> i often use right but um, yeah so i think uh, 2009 was the time when we started uh, using creative commons for uh, uploading our, and yeah. we uh, fortunately uh, which is again a very tough ask to be asking the uh, you know the contributors community like the authors and illustrators yeah. to give away rights for a one time fee right right uh, right but i think uh, the first uh, batch of books which we start we uploaded we were fortunate to get permissions from the creators right and uh, we uploaded the stuff on creative commons and i think in a span of about 6 months the 20 books uploaded using the ccby license which is the most open license on the creative commons platform which allows you to remix retranslate republish reprice resell yeah. Yeah. and do everything within content with an attribution to the source 
so uh, in six months time the 20 books became 100 books with derivatives like uh, on ios and androids and microsoft yeah yeah um, someone picked up a book and created an audio visual for uh, youtube mm. um, so when uh, you know when you're open source i think uh, there's no end yeah, yeah. And uh, from there, I think that was enough of a motivator for us to upload another set and convince another set of contributors to yeah, say. Yeah. And I think in 2000, by the time we reached about five years of our journey of open sourcing our books, yeah. um, we had interacted with organizations like uh, Radio Mirchi doing about audio books using right. the open source books yeah. from our end. They recorded about now today we have close to about 200 titles across eight, nine languages, uh, which are available on uh, the SoundCloud uh, yeah. by Radio Mirchi right. for you as audio stories. And I think the further magic happened when uh, we showcased this to our, um, you know, we applied for a for a for a grant from a donor uh, where we had suggested for a scale up to this and uh, you know this model and how can we really take the books uh, from uh, you know 2000 to 20000 and 10 languages to 100 languages and uh, which is where i think uh, we got an opportunity through a through a donor where who kind of invested in us in our mm-hmm. idea to bring about the platform which we offer it to the world today as right. storyweaver.org. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think Storyweaver is doing fabulously well. We launched it in 2015 right. with about 800 titles and 24 languages. And today we have uh, about 10,000 stories with about 128 languages including indian and international languages mainstream international local dialects and uh, with 10,000 books and i think Mm. the the consumption is happening across over 200 countries wow so i think uh, technology uh, and the move in 2009 has really helped us grow tremendously yeah can you share any incidents of how especially even the story we were when you've seen a child interact with that thing and how it has changed their uh their learning i think it's it's all about uh, lakshya it's all about how do i engage the child yeah and i think pratham books as an organization has been front running the newness in offering the content yeah the type of content the format of the content so today we are offering, um, you know, starting from the conventional model of printing, I'm offering, we are offering today audiovisual books and ordering audio stories. In fact, this November, the last November 14th, the Children's Day, we yeah. launched the world's very first GIF books. <laughs> now, uh, because now we've been yeah. GIFing all the time, right. so can we introduce something like that? So we've been using technology and I think it's more about what we believe is that, you know, if you storify, yes, yes, you could make it interesting and inclining for a child to really pick up. And that's been uh, the uh, key things we have been, you know, kind of uh, at watching on Storyweaver, yeah. on the digital and the uh, offline side of it also. And I think uh, it's doing really great. Yeah. It's in, you know, in a way, it's, it's you're embracing the methods that the children are used to learn are used to interacting with which is which is technology which is gifts and and all these things and and it's it's having that effect on them where they are they're 
they're engaging better and they're learning better. Yeah, you have to live with the times. So yeah. I'm saying if if that's the demand, yeah. let's bring about that right. thing. So why right. not live with the times and give them what they like? It's not right. that you would just give them the old conventional traditional models while they survive. I think if you yeah. really look at, you know, five, seven years back, there was a big hue and cry in the publishing industry that everything is going digital. The yeah. bookshops are going to shut down. But I think uh, we'll have to take technology as a hand-in-hand approach rather right. than an alternate approach. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's the school of thought I generally go with. Right. I understand while I think with the kind of internet penetration you have in India and with so many million users... Uh, with over one mo- one billion mobile subscribers in our country today, yeah. uh, if you really look at, I mean, what we've witnessed on Story Weaver, for example, is about sixty five, sixty four percent content is being uh, you know sourced through the mobile phones. Mm-hmm. Now, right. mobile is becoming a big game changer. Yeah. Audio and audio visual is becoming voice is taking over everything. Right, right. So I think we are just kind of living with the pace. And yeah. I would say uh, that's what we will continue to yeah. do for a while. So how did your uh, Pratham's partnership with uh, the Zijapur Literature Festival come about? That's again a very interesting journey. Um, you know, I think in 2013, and hmm. Sanjoy and I were kind of talking uh, about how many sessions do you end up doing, how many guests are invited, uh, you know, and I was trying to see, understand that if there is a place for me to see that I could reach to the unreached from the festival resources in right. their spare time. Yeah, yeah. So the whole idea was that we have bunch of resources and authors and you know uh, writers journalists and all the whole diaspora of uh, you know people and they're there for two three sessions four sessions and scattered over a five-day window was to see if i could uh, you know take them out and um, you know have to have an interaction with the kids who would never get the opportunity to visit to the festival yeah i think it all started there in 2013 with merely starting to do a very small outreach of about five schools and uh, you know uh, going up to uh, you know reaching to a few thousand students and then later on, I think in last uh, couple of years, uh, we've reached to close to about 50,000 kids. We've reached done. So interestingly, if there are 300 sessions yeah. inside JLF, there yeah. are little over 100 sessions outside of JLF as right. an outreach. At and the schools. At the schools. Yeah. And uh, about two years back, we again did an interesting move. We started a JLF outreach even in Delhi. Okay. So yeah. uh, again, the idea came when the JLF is traveling to Boulder, to Australia, yeah. to you know so many places. Can the outreach travel at least right. to the five seven hundred square kilometer vicinity, yeah. wherein we make people aware we about the festival, we make the resources available, um, you know, and our mandate, and I think uh, for which teamwork has been kind enough to be supporting this for uh, all this while. And we are very clear. We are really at outreach also. We're trying to maintain a balance between 60-40 as right. a 60% of the unreached child and the 40% of it being the privileged side. Right, right. Considering that you get uh, speakers, international speakers and the right. comfort of language and all that. So right. we do cover private schools as well. Yeah. But I think the core yeah. of it is uh, the other side who right. will be unreached for sure. Mm. So over these last, uh, so this would be the, I guess, the sixth year. 
Yes. Sixth or something, right? Yeah. Uh, over these years, who was that one, one or two particular authors that when that the when the students met them and the interaction happened, that was like a very for you. It felt like oh, this is this is a memory for the ages. Watching that author interact with uh, the students. Oh, there are many actually such incidences. And let me, before I answer you this, let me tell you the kind of diversity the outreach is right. offering to the kids uh, of uh, schools. And it all started with schools. And later on, we got a request for an outreach in the college. Mm. Uh, we got a request, uh, I think, about two, three years from Jaipur Jail right. to host <laughs> a session. We yeah. have been trying to organize a outreach session at the juvenile home. Mm. So, so they definitely they, can't come. To yeah, the, yeah. The so I think, yeah. uh, interestingly, we've also covered, um, you know, um, children with special needs. In our so we right. have, uh, we've reached out to deaf and dumb schools. Yeah, we have taken yeah. special resources. And if you look at the kind of resources we have hosted, oh, they're like coming from such a wide field, um, you know, right from photographers, journalists, writers, illustrators, cartoonists, yeah. environmentalists, uh, military historians, uh, you know, award-winning authors, actors, TV mm. anchors. <laughs> Right. So a whole bunch. We I remember since you were asking about a few instances. I remember uh, we hosted Nilesh Mishra, the Yadoga idiot box, yes, yes. and uh, for a college, and it was a, quite an interesting uh, Nilesh's journey from you know schooling in Nainital to a mass communication uh, student, and then leading to writing songs for films, and then hosting a radio show. So it's been quite a journey, and yeah. I think all these instances to any. Uh, you know, growing up child, whether it's a college goer or a, you know, plus two student, I think mm. these are motivating, you know, kind of pieces yeah. to be taking them. Another, I remember um, of a journalist, Aman Sethi, who's a Hindu award winning journalist. He mm. actually had a session with the 12th graders on the courage of journalism. And, you know, so I think the outreach is opening many more dialogue right. points with right. children, not only storytelling. Yeah. Storytelling has been a big part as well. Okay. And we've hosted again, bunch of storytellers uh, in the past. And uh, so I think, uh, yeah, like last year we had um, uh, Anthony Horowitz, now, Anthony Horowitz is a million copy seller across the globe. Mm. I mean, he's been writing. I mean, none of his books has done less than 10 million copies. Right, right. So to be hosting those people, looking at the excitement in the kids, uh, you know, that this is where they wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fantastic uh, experience to be sitting in an outreach session yeah. and seeing what kind of questions children ask, the kind of preparation right. from the back end they do yeah. to welcome the incoming visitor. Yeah. I mean, they really read out, look at, I mean, we generally, as a practice, we have a volunteer, um, you know, following the, um, the resource. And he generally introduces to uh, the audience, but uh, many of the schools or majority of the schools, we've seen that children in schools take the ownership to the introduction and they do a fabulous <laughs> right. introduction. Right. That means they, they do their homework done before. Their research. Yeah, 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 so they do their homework well and they're very prepared with what they would like to ask. Right. The, and I think, yeah, so it's been a bunch of variety of speakers and it's very engaging, thrilling. I mean, we feel, I mean, we are a, 
core publisher though and yeah. uh, but i think as an organization we also feel that creating a reading environment or an ecosystem is uh, also our responsibility yeah. Yeah. so yeah. i think for us as an organization it gives us the happiness that we are able to take right. this and yeah. move out of the publishing uh, you know part of it for a time and mm-hmm. get into doing these interesting things right so as we're we're just a few days away from uh, the 2019 festival what is the what is on the agenda for the youth outreach program for for this year how many schools and what kind of sessions will you be tackling so um interestingly we have done about 20 odd sessions already in delhi in december so mm. from the curtain raiser of jlr right, which right. was in beginning week december yeah. uh we had started our outreach right there itself and we've done by 20th or 21st of december we had already completed about 20 sessions mm. and in jaipur now starting yesterday uh, we'll be doing until 28th about 100 sessions mm. in jaipur again right and we've already done some six sessions yesterday and there are eight okay. lined up for next few days okay. every day yeah and um, i think the other uh, interesting pieces is again the uy ekta foundation piece which is a very um, uh, you know again a very interesting format mm. to uh, you know present through the outreach then this year we have a very famous writer deepa balsawar who has written couple of books you know for us and for many uh, publishing houses we have yen martel who was a booker right. prize winner for life, life of pi yeah uh, we have um, so we have again historian artisan uh, you know um, tv artist who yeah. who part of this and this year we are uh, also hoping that we will cover uh, the uh, you know the special schools in fact one of the ideas we're trying still is to really see if we could go to the children uh, the child or the pediatric hospitals and do a mm. session for kids there right, that's right. been my many years desire to be yeah. really reaching to those children who no one thinks about and what happens yeah on an ending note how can people learn more about uh, all the initiatives that pratham books does how do they reach out to you how do they follow all the activities especially during jlf where do they follow all the things that you're doing So we have a very uh, vibrant uh, again social media presence and uh, one is of course our site which continuously does a whole lot of updates uh, people could definitely look out there and the other is uh, follow us on instagrams and mm. uh, you know we are very i think we are a very community driven organization and what mm. we are is all because of the community uh, we So uh, follow us on our social media handles I think uh, that's where you will get the continuous updates on what's happening where it's happening and we're also planning to upload and recording few of the sessions uh, for people to be uh, really viewing it mm-hmm. and uh, looking forward to them Thank you for listening to Jepper Bites This podcast is produced by Launchora, a storytelling and creative learning platform, in partnership with Teamwork Arts, the producers of the Z Jepro Literature Festival. We'll be posting new episodes of Jepro Bites every week leading up to the 2019 festival, which will be held from January 24th to 28th in Jepro. During the 5-day festival, whether you are in Jepro or not, you'll be able to listen to many of the unmissable panels and conversations. right here on Jepper Bites. 
We'll be posting those conversations throughout the day, each day of the festival. You can listen and subscribe to Jeopardites on multiple platforms and apps, including Launchora, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor, for absolutely free. Again, thank you for listening. <laughs>